This is Give Me Some Truth, a podcast from Walkner Condon Financial Advisors in Madison, Wisconsin. Give Me Some Truth is dedicated to providing an accessible and authentic view into the financial services industry, as well as current events and investment concepts that you can apply in your day-to-day life. You gotta leave your money behind you. Raise your hand to the sky. Welcome back to Give Me Some Truth. I'm your host, Jonathan Jordan. I'm here with Mitch DeWitt today. We've got an exciting topic that we're going to be talking about. and All, all of our to topics do, are exciting. I agree. They're all really exciting. But we want to talk a little bit today about investing and what a time horizon for an investment is. So, and Mitch, when we talk about time horizons, you know, how, how would you define what that means when it comes to, you know, investments or you know, when we're looking at kind of how long we want to have money at risk. Yeah. So I'm actually going to borrow a definition from our trusty friends at Investopedia because I think it's a very applicable definition. They define time horizon as the length of time over which an investment is made or held before it is liquidated. So that's how Investopedia does it. Now, I, I'm going to add a little to that because... There are accounts that have a, a time horizon attached to it that aren't all liquidated at once, right? And we'll get into that throughout this podcast. So, very, very so that's true. one somewhat of a, a nitpicky thing that I'll, I'll attack of the Investopedia definition, but that's a place to start this conversation. So, and, and when we say liquid, we're not talking about like, you know, water or something like that. We're talking about liquidity, which is when an investment is sold and the money is available. And some investments are very liquid, like stocks or ETFs. And some can be very illiquid, like real estate or collectibles, you know, like a very fancy car. could be a very good investment if someone has a a collectible car that they could turn around and sell for more. But the marketplace for that might not be something that they can quickly get their hands on the cash for the investment to realize the gain. Or if it were down to protect themselves from a loss. So that's what we talk about when we talk about being liquid. I've got another interesting one. So I've got some some friends that own their own business that I, we were talking at coffee the other day and they, they brought up, or I asked them actually, what what's the most interesting request that you've heard from your clients? And they wanted to pay them, pay my friends, with a Saudi horse. Now, would that be liquid or illiquid, do you think? Well, I have not personally ever seen a marketplace for a Saudi horse, but I would have to go with illiquid on that one. Like, I think that would be a difficult one to sell and to realize a gain on. That would be a very difficult one to sell, hence why they did not accept that as form of payment and said, nope, I will trust the U.S. dollar and we'll take that for your payment, but thank you. Sorry to tangents. No, it's okay. I, I, you know, it's, it's open discussion, and hopefully, people who are listening, uh, you know, understand now what liquidity is. So, when it comes to what a time horizon is for things that need to be liquid, I think we can start with the fact that there really are, you know, there are multiple different types of time horizons. They could be set to an actual number of years for a goal of what you have money intended for. But I like to look at it in three different buckets. And those buckets are your short-term money, your medium-term or intermediate-term money, and then your long-term money. So, And each one has different goals for it. So in many cases, for example, with short-term, it could be 
having a savings account to make sure that if you were to lose your job or have some sort of a financial situation that came up to you quickly, that you would have money that was readily available that was there to be able to help to get you through that time period. So, And when it comes to short-term money, that's money generally that you don't want to have a lot of risk on. So there are different types of investments that have different risk parameters to them and amounts of risk that they're willing to take. Now, the trade-off, as we talked about in a previous podcast about risk versus reward and possible return, is that your returns are much lower. Many people would know that your money markets aren't paying much right now, but there's not much risk on the money in the money markets, so it's not really giving a great return, although it has started to go up with interest rates rising. It's still not keeping up with inflation. But that might be the exact place where you want your money that is a short-term time horizon on it that you need for liquidity purposes. So, And one example of that might be, I'll just say, a, va- a vacation. How about I want to go on vacation in 10 months. It's a pretty short time horizon, right? Mm-hmm. And in 10 months, I don't want to put my money in an investment that has a potential of being cut in half because I want to go on my full vacation. Mm-hmm. I don't want just me or just my wife, Kaylee, to go on that vacation. I want both of us to go on vacation, yeah. hence why I'm not taking that risk. Or you want your in-laws to go and you might take some risk and see if you can double it, right? Right. Oh. I mean, yeah, it kind of depends, right? You know, What's all, the goal? all jokes aside, we get this question a lot. You know, I've got some money that's available here and, and I would like to invest it and where can I get the best return? And sometimes the best return is the one that is actually tied to your time horizon for the investable assets that you have for that particular goal. So, for example, you know, buying a small cap stock or some sort of a um, high beta, you know, investment that could potentially double in a year could p- potentially go down by half in a year, too. And if your money it needs to be liquid within a year, that's a risk that we generally don't advise people to take. For sure. And, and another goal that could be attached to, well, what's my time horizon on this goal of purchasing a home? Let's say that's a conversation that's come up with several clients, some on the the younger side um, where they're just starting their investing and then others that are are pretty well along their their path. And that's a goal that we link to a time horizon. And it's it's very different if they say, well, we want a a second home five to 10 years from now versus nope, we plan on having a down payment next year on a house. Now, John, how might that change that investment philosophy for those two scenarios? Well, when you have a specific targeted date that you have for your money, whether it's one year or five years, if you know that's a targeted date, it generally becomes something where you want to tie the risk or maybe the maturity of the investment to that time horizon. So, you know, one of the examples that I've used with clients before, you know, especially when it comes to buying a home and they say, I need to have this amount of money, X amount, say, you know, it's 20% down, maybe it's $100,000 for a house. And they look at it and say, okay, we have, we want to buy that house in two years. We have 80000 saved up right now. So we can work backwards for that two years over 24 months and figure out how much we need to save a month over that time period to be able to achieve that goal. Now, some of that savings can come from them actually putting money away, and some of it could be growing the actual investments that you have in there. But we certainly don't want to see that go backwards if the goal is to get to 100000 So we tend to find investments that are tied to that goal. So, for example, if it was two years, we can actually match the duration of a bond ETF or an individual bond, different investments, to the time horizon of the investment. So if there was a bond that was paying 3%, you know, continuing to pay 3%, and we were able to purchase it, we knew it was going to mature in two years, we know that the likelihood of them getting the money back, if it's a high credit quality rating bond, 
or by using an ETF, we can diversify it amongst many different bonds. But the idea is, is to match that duration up to what the goal is for the money. The same thing goes for if that's five years. You can extend your duration out on the bond. And what duration is, is that it's the period of time that it takes for the bond to be paid out for the interest and for when you'll, you'll you know, achieve the, the you know, principal back for the return to be able to equal out to the investment that you wanted to get out of it. So if someone's willing to take that risk, but they don't want to take 10 years worth of risk because there's more volatility. You don't take a 10-year duration for an investment that has a two-year time horizon, even though there is a potential for a greater return over those two years. There's also a potential for a greater loss for when you need to actually sell the investment and make it liquid for your goal. Absolutely. And I've had a, a scenario where time horizons can change, right? So let's say there's a taxable account and initially it was invested in a way that was set up for a longer term goal. Now, sometimes life situations can change, right? Jobs can change, incomes can change, maybe receive a bonus. All these things can change. And in the case of, let's use the case of buying a home still. In the case of buying a home, let's say that got accelerated by several years and money that was originally earmarked towards potentially a different goal with a longer time horizon in that same taxable account I mentioned, let's say some of those funds are going to be earmarked now towards that down payment. And that time horizon can change from more of a mid to long-term investment to a shorter-term investment. Now, how might we react in something like that as an advisor, but then also what, what might we be telling some clients as the time horizon may change in, in a specific account? Yeah, the time to make the change is when you recognize that the goal has changed. So if you, if you know for certain that something's come up in your life where you need to either move or move faster on something, say you have been living in a house that has three bedrooms and you have two children and it's been working and you have a goal in five years and then you suddenly find out you're pregnant. And that changes things. It's, it's, it, it can definitely change things when you look at it and say, hey, we need to actually accelerate the movement to the new house. Now, the investment dollars that you had may have been over a five-year time horizon, but that's the time to make the change is what we would recommend is when you know that now we need to accelerate it up to we probably need to move something in the next six months. You want to reduce the risk on that money that you have, even though there's a potential that it could lower the return if things all went perfectly. But it's just a wise thing to do to tie the goal that you have for the period of time up to the risk of the portfolio, which is why when you go to intermediate term, because you have a you know five to seven year time horizon, or maybe even could some people might stretch it out to five to 10 years for a goal, that could be something where you have a, you know, a 12 or 13 year old and you have been behind in saving for their college, but you know that you wanna be able to help them out. And so you invest that money because they'll be turning 18 and going off potentially to college, you know, in a shorter term period, but not within the next couple of years. So that's where you might wanna take a more moderate or, you know, income and growth focused investment so that you can focus on making sure that you're getting a return but not risking the principal too much for when the time period is. So and, th and there might be times too where in the extreme case of going from let's say a five-year goal to nope we need this money in the next six months there's a very decent chance that we might say okay let's actually free up some cash and, and we'll actually send it to your bank account and, and you can put it in savings because there's situations that certainly arise where we don't even want it necessarily invested in the market. We might just say, hey, if you need that cash truly in the next six months, 
we might send it to your bank account. You can put it in your savings and checking and manage it there depending on the goal and depending how, how quickly you need those funds. Yeah, and I think that one of the things we can draw back to is what we do a little bit differently here at Wagner Condon, that we, we've got our own proprietary process that we call GAP, and we share this with our clients that, you know, it's G-A-P-P, and it stands for Goals, Analysis, Planning, and Personalization. It always starts with goals, though, and different dollars that you have have different goals associated with them or different savings goals, whether you have the money or not, and you want to work towards that goal. So when people tell me that they'd like to save for a house for a down payment, that's a different goal than your retirement. It's going to involve different investment strategy, different actual investments within the portfolio for that. And ultimately, it's to get the dollars converted over into a real estate transaction that is for most people, going to be their primary place of residence or what I like to call a use asset because you're using it. You're living in the house. And when you own it, you have some equity in it. Now, just like any other investment, that can go up or down over time. But over our, you know, over our lifetimes, it's, our house can be one of our best investments because we use it. And it can go up and down. So likewise, you know, with longer-term investments that we have, like retirement, you know, it could be a completely different investment portfolio of risk that you would need based on what your goals are. So somebody who's getting closer to retirement may take less risk than somebody who has 35, 40 years who's just getting started or maybe has been investing for 10 years and has accumulated up some money. They can handle the ups and downs of some of the more uh, riskier assets and their asset classes that are out there. But that longer term time horizon often dictates a different investment uh, strategy that's going to be able to keep up with inflation, to keep your money growing, and to hopefully achieve that goal. That's exactly it. And just a, a few minutes ago, we were talking how life events can change your time horizon, right? But John brings up a really good point that simply the passage of time can change your time horizon. And whether that's college saving, right? Your, your son or daughter or niece or nephew or whoever you're trying to help through college, the closer they get to 18, the closer you need to start liquidating some of those assets and paying some tuition bills, generally, the more conservative you're going to want to get. Similarly to re retirement. And unfortunately, in 2008, a lot of people had, had mismanaged their retirement planning and their retirement savings where they were taking too much risk as the bubble started to, to grow. And next thing you know, they realized their 401k got cut in half to a 201k because they were invested mm -hmm. too risky. And just that passage over time and not attending to it and not having a plan and not paying attention to the time horizon, because their time horizon all of a sudden got closer, closer, closer. And then, oh, we found scenarios where people realized they had to work a lot longer than they originally intended. Yeah, and when you talk about that 201k, Mitch, I was in the business when that happened, and I saw it happening to people. And I'll tell you what, there's really only three different types of situations, really four if you count people who weren't saving at all. But of those that were saving, there was really three different types of situations. And what they were was they were people who put their money in, invested it in the investments that they looked over and saw had the best returns over a long period of time. And that tends to be accurate, that the best returns – because it's taking more risk, it tend to over a longer period of time, like small caps or emerging markets or U.S. stocks. But they also have the greatest standard deviation and the most risk on them. And so during that time period, they had too much in asset classes that had too much risk on it for what their goals were. So the three different types of people were the ones that 
didn't know they were taking too much risk and they were shocked when they saw it, but stayed the course, didn't make changes, and just closed their eyes. We've seen over the last nine years that they've recovered fine. Now, we've often met with them and counseled them to consider diversification in order to achieve their goals. Second type of person was those that they saw it going down, they were taking too much risk, and they just couldn't take it anymore, and they sold out. Ouch. He said, I can't, can't do this anymore. Problem is, is then they didn't take enough risk and get back in. And as Warren Buffett has famously said, they don't ring a bell to tell you when the market's at the bottom. They also don't ring a bell to tell you when it's at the top. So staying invested and being diversified for your time horizon, we, we think is the best way for people to have an opportunity to achieve their long-term, intermediate-term, or short-term goals. And that third and final person that we saw you know, during that time period was the one that was actually diversified through it, that they understood the risks, they realized that that was a you know, once-in-a-lifetime for many people opportunity for them to be able to buy good quality companies or good investments that were pennies on the dollar in some cases and to be able to stay the course, buy them low, and ride them back knowing they have to be patient. They watch their portfolios go down. In fact, we're seeing some of that volatility right now where you know, our clients are, are feeling the pain of looking at their, their statements or seeing that they're down, but the shares aren't down. In fact, the asset amount of what those shares are or the, the, or the, uh, the price of the shares is down. So buying more of them is actually on sale. It's actually the right time to be able to buy in on some of the ones that are down because we know historically there's going to be opportunity and growth. But in order to do that, you have to understand the risk that you're taking and the time horizon of that risk, especially for our long-term investors, which, you know, Mitch, make up the majority of the people that we work with here have long-term goals and entrust us with their planning, their college planning, their retirement planning, you know, second home purchase, all those things. These are longer-term investments. So we don't get a lot of people that come in here and say, hey, I just want to park money for a year. Banks are great at that, not, not wealth management advisors. Right. So, And a lot of our clients have both, right? They have short-term goals and long-term goals simultaneously. And I want to re- a quick revisit that initial definition from Investopedia we started with. Again, that was time horizon. The length of time over which an investment is made or held before it is liquidated. And we said, well, that kind of leads to the assumption that an investment is just sold and liquidated all at once. And, and this is something that's phased over time. For those of you that are, are retired or, or in your work optional years, you might be slowly but surely liquidating some of your assets. So that kind of changes over time too because, yes, you might be drawing from retirement assets or maybe you're, you're past the required minimum distribution phase after 70 and a half. So you might be pulling from some of those assets, but there still might be a long-term component knowing that, okay, I'm mid-70s, but my family's got great health. I'm going to live to 90. So just because you're in that that retired or the work optional phase of your life doesn't mean that all of a sudden a flip is switched and you're in this short time horizon because you, you still want it to grow over that time to make sure you have enough income for, for your entire life and maybe even leaving a legacy beyond that. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about that when you're taking it out to age 92 or age 90 as well. The, the longevity of people living longer is creating more long-term financial goals. Some of that being long-term care needs, some of that being um, estate planning to make sure that any monies that are left over that they're accumulating over their lifetime would be able to be left in the right way to their kids. So looking at the, the needs that we have 
the time horizon of what those needs are, evaluating which buckets are going to have assets flowing to them at different stages in your life is really one of the first steps to creating a sound financial picture. From there, then it's picking your risk profile and how much risk you can handle. Also looking and analyzing and seeing how much risk you should take based on the goal that you have. You know, maybe if you're able to put money towards that goal, you don't have to take as much risk. But if you have a a lump sum of money that you've inherited or that you've put aside, but you're not continuously adding to it, the longer term that you're doing that, but you're not adding to it, you're not able to take advantage as much of the the changes in the prices and the up and downs in the market, especially the downs when you can turn around and buy more. So that's why the 401ks work great is because you're consistently putting in every paycheck and hopefully your company's matching you. Same thing with putting it in your own IRA. You know, a lot of times clients will put it in one time through the year and that's fine as well. But if you're able to put it in each month, you know, 12 times, you're able to take advantage of dollar cost averaging. So you're getting the same money put in there and applied. Um, at the end of the day, though, that it can help you, but it, it's not a guarantee that that's going to help you because, you know, you might have, when you put it in the first time, might have been at the low point and it just kept going up all year and you would have wished you did it that way. So we never really know exactly which one's the best way. We just know that over time, dollar cost averaging has shown to be able to potentially get you more shares based on the fluctuations of the market uh, for investments of any asset class, really, bond market, stock market. So, And I think one of the, the big ideas here is, we're going to go back to, to our gap process, goals. It starts with goals, right? Because why are you investing in the first place? Then once you realize that, what that money is for, then you're naturally going to have a better link to the time horizon. Because if you know that it's retirement, if you know that it's college savings, whatever it is, once you know that, that's really going to help you out when it comes to attaching a time horizon. And then as you go throughout the process, it's going to help you figure out what you're actually doing with the money and then we're going to help you actually invest it towards that goal. And if you've been listening today and, and it is something that you're wondering, you know, which dollars do I have or do I have some shorter term goals that I want to talk to my advisor about next time we sit down, we'd love to talk to you about this and really create those buckets for you. And so that you feel comfortable that you have each one of the, the goals that you have identified that we have the money invested and put aside for that goal and that we've tied it to that. So we appreciate you listening today. We hope that uh, you found it helpful talking about Time Horizon. We look forward to you tuning in again to our next uh, podcast next week of Give Me Some Truth. So have a great day. you got to leave your money behind you. Raise your hand to the sky. Ask the masses for silence. Look more dead in the eye. Advisory services are offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the states of Wisconsin and Texas. Clint Walkner, Nate Condon, Jonathan Jordan, and Mitch DeWitt are investment advisor representatives of Walkner Condon. Guests on the podcast are not registered, and their participation in the podcast are limited to unregistered activities and will not be providing any advice that is investment-related, nor should any comments that guests make should be construed as giving investment advice. Content should not be viewed as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned or as legal or tax advice. You should always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, is not engaged in the practice of law. Whenever you invest, you are at risk of loss of principal as the market does fluctuate. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Purchases are subject to suitability. This requires a review of an investor's objective, risk tolerance, and time horizon. Investing always involves risk and possible loss of capital. 
Long-term care, estate planning, insurance products, and tax advice are not offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC. Walkner Condon works on a best efforts basis and does not guarantee any results. Past performance does not represent future results. Please see walknercondon.com for additional disclosures.